0: Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today again. I hope you had a good day. I had a better day today. It was raining a little bit and I got drenched in the rain because I went outside when it was sunny and all of a sudden the clouds came over and there it was. But rain is always good. There's, there is uh, water, water to, to drink, um and uh yeah water is always good for our, for our energy but having said that we've got many many that we've got a lot of floods in pakistan um i understand um half the country is drowned the one-third of the country is underwater it is a very drastic uh devastating situation and we might be at war with Pakistan or whatever the politics are at the end of the day we're all human beings my friend and it is in this time of need when you are when you're you know your friends the best uh please spare uh a a minute or two of of silence for them send them your wishes your prayers your energy because they need it they're going under very a lot of pressure um whatever whatever your uh, political positions are it's time to remove our political hats ideological hats In this time of need you need to be that pole position that umbrella for those who need um needed in in their time of need um Um, The entire Indian subcontinent is one. Political borders do not divide our energy field. Political borders do not divide uh, our our land. Uh, The energy we go through, the energy that joins us all, uh, there is nothing that divides us except our our perception. Um, And we are all currents and waves. Uh, We are Atwa means all that lies in between. From the Hindu Kush mountains to the Bay of Bengal, we are all the same cosmic uh, energy field, um, including the entire planet, obviously. But we share a special bond on the Indian subcontinent because we are great big vortex and uh, political borders do not divide us. We All our ancestors have walked throughout this land and, and in, in circumambulated this land from the from the mountains in, in in Afghanistan to Kashmir to Kanyakumari to the Bay of Bengal, ancestors roamed. They were nomads um, from the Saraswati River onward um, and settle on Indian subcontinent somewhere up the line. And we've become who we are today. Were descendants of those people who came to this land as refugees, as uh, as as uh, people to get educated. People uh, came for a better life. Um, and, and our ancestors, you know, enjoyed the fruits and bounties of our land. And my parents, too, come from Sin. They came from, from, from Karachi. Uh, and, um, yes, after partition, they came, uh, one before partition, one after partition, they came to the Indian side. And so Sindh is a big part of my life. Her, her earth, her bounty lives in me. When we had nothing, uh, she gave us everything. And today we are who we are because of my grandparents had a second opportunity in Sindh. And the happenings in Sindh always stay within me. Her, her earth, her bounty. I will never forget her and I'm always grateful to her. Uh, today, um, this week has been difficult, to say the least, uh, with the events going on everywhere. But uh, the events happening in Pakistan, Balochistan, Kashmir, uh, Pakistan-occupied Kashmir, Sin, uh, everywhere, Punjab. It is really hard to see. Please send a moment of um, a prayer or um, or whatever you want to do, positive energy to them. you know your wishes, uh, anything. If you can donate something, yes, we would be happy to give to 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 give relief uh, to them wherever you can. Uh, food, clothes, whoever's collecting to be sent to Pakistan, to be sent to Sindh and any other province. Uh, it would be really great. Uh, and and. Uh, yeah to heal it would set for better relationships with our brothers our family we've always grown up saying that they they are brothers and uh, we can heal in this moment of of tragedy um i would also want to take this opportunity to Opportunity to wish every single one of you a happy Ganesh Chaturthi. I hope you have a, a great, great week, a day, a great week, um, a peaceful celebration, a good celebration, and um, and um, like we say, may Ganpati come, may Lord Ganesh come to our house again the next year um, as soon as possible. Um, it is a beautiful festival of lights, of color, of of, of, of festive season. It is a, a beautiful festival of joy, of positive energy, and I hope every single one of you are enjoying this festive opportunity. I know it's a, a little bit uh, contradictory to what's going on in Pakistan, but it's we can also celebrate many things in life when we can. It's important to enjoy the celebration. So once again, a uh, happy Ganpati, uh, Ganesh Chaturthi to one and all. I miss it very much. This is one festival I miss. I celebrated it. My father loved it. He always, you know, would you know, go to these. We would go to these stalls where they had uh, Ganesh. When he came from, when he came um, from Pakistan, from from Karachi. They had no place to live. Um, and um, they ended up in Pune for a little while. Um, and um, yeah, and and so he grew up uh, uh, with Ganesh Chaturthi, And uh, it was always a, f- a festival that he loved the best. Um, and so he gave that to us. And so this, this is a, a huge meaning for me. I have my little Ganesh Ganpati in my home. And that is something that I cherish very much. Um Gampati, what does he symbolize? Gampati is the uh the deity uh that remover that he is considered the remover of all obstacles. Um, so he 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 we pray to him, we the symbolism is um he, he he's he's a lot of people gana uh, means people um chief of the people um and he is uh he's depicted holding his uh, hands uh his hand up uh, a few um he's holding his hand a, a few round of indian sweets um his vehicle is the vahana is a large indian uh, bandicoot rat which symbolizes ganesha's Ability to overcome anything he wants, so, uh, like a rat uh, and like an elephant, Ganesha is the remover of obstacles. Okay, so he removes obstacles, but, um so what is the story of Ganesha, okay? So including one which Parvati, uh, the wife of Shiva, we spoke about Shiva yesterday and her, his wife Sita, who, who, who passes away. Then he has his wife Parvati and makes her son out of a piece of cloth and asks her consort Shiva to bring him to life. One of the best known myths, however, uh, story, should I say, because I don't like the word myth. Hara begins with Parvati taking a bath and locking and longing for someone to keep Shiva from barging in on her, as was his habit. As she bathes, she needs she needs the dirt, and she rubs off her body into the shape of a child who comes to life. But when Shiva sees the handsome young boy, or when the auspicious planet. Saturn glances at him in various invariance of the story that, that that attempt to absolve shiva of the crime he is one of his attendants cut off the child's head uh, when shiva cuts off an elephant's head to bestow it on the headless ganesha one of the task is shattered and ganesha is depicted holding the broken piece on his in his hand according to uh this version of the story ganesha is a child of poverty alone in indeed a child Born despite Shiva's negative in- intervention, yet Ganesha is traditionally regarded as a child of both Shiva and Parvati. Um, um, I tried many. Um, as as growing up as someone as a Roman Catholic, I had to self learn all of this. I had to learn a lot. I spoke to people. I I tried to find um, versions of this. But i came I tried to look at it at another angle. Um, the elephant, what is the elephant? okay The elephant is a matriarchal animal it roams in in herds in elephant herds, okay and it 's a matriarchal animal. that means the mother is the most important and she teaches. Uh, the children of the herd. Uh, how uh, she takes care of the children of the herd. She takes care of the food, and nourishment, and to teach the children. Now, an elephant is said to be. Uh, we always say she has an. Uh, he has a, a memory of an elephant because an elephant will remember something forever. If you're nice to an elephant when the elephant is young, and uh, you know these elephant herders, these caretakers, and then you let the elephant go out in the wild, you come back ten years later, she will remember you. So, memory of an elephant, uh, we say. An elephant is someone who symbolizes the matriarchal, uh, a matriarch, someone who has a lot of knowledge, someone who imparts knowledge, and from that knowledge uh, you can clear obstacles. How do we clear obstacles? Because obstacles uh, are we are cyclic. Every junction is an intellectual laboratory. If you, if you. Take a junction, any junction in life. You undo it. You see how the junction came about, how the currents came to this junction, how all of us have come to this junction. What brought us here? What brought our, our interests, our curiosity? What brought the act? What brought the actions? Um, how can we, what can we learn from it? And as we learn from it, we use, we build a baggage of knowledge, of knowledge, 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 and cycle after cycle. It's the same equations. The labels will change, but the mentality will not. Because it's not the label that defines the mentality, it is the mentality that defines the label. So if you make every junction into an intellectual laboratory, understand the junctions of life that we are cyclic, we are currents and waves. The waves, it's the same cycle, the waves uh, form form, with power, energy, uh, rise up, rise up, rise up, and then comes to the beach and then goes back. And the next wave has already start has already started in the in the background, and it, it goes on, goes on, it go, it gone, picks up space. Pace picks up pace, uh, comes crashing now, and then goes and goes on the beach and, and slowly uh, ends, and then goes back into the ocean. And some some will go, to, some water will go in the earth, into the ground, into the sand, and some will go back, depending how strong it is. Uh, so, so we see uh, that as long as we know the equation, cycle after cycle repeats. So, as we have to have the knowledge, and we keep, we can keep the knowledge. Wow, that was. That was a, little, uh, a shattering of my of my voice. Um, so we keep the knowledge. We build, we build the baggage of knowledge, we transfer it to our children, our descendants and cycle after cycle they understand, they repeat, they they, they can make the adjustments and go on and we, every junction we offload what is not required and so there's always a, a change, a constant change because change is the only thing that's constant, cycle after cycle. So if we have that baggage of knowledge, we have, we can use our memory, uh, we will be, or we will be on the right side of of. of of life we will we will come on the top as winners we always have to go down the wave has to get come to an end and go back you cannot say no the wave cannot come back um, yes it will come back just like after every time the Sun sets the Sun has to rise uh, so you can't get scared of the darkness because darkness is a part of the light tolerance is a part of intolerance it's very important to understand this and because the elephant is uh, has an immense memory. She symbolizes. She symbolizes what is required to overcome obstacles. Knowledge, my friend, knowledge. What is the basic knowledge that we require to overcome obstacles? The knowledge of the cosmos, how the cosmos rolls, because it's the equation. Um, and that's why, because we all we are the cosmos, we are cosmic fields. And once we know how the cosmos moves, cycle after cycle, it's the same. You understand? Every to 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 make to compose a sentence, you need the grammar. To compose to compose a civilization you need the knowledge of the cosmos. You need the science of the cosmos. Once you have the science of the cosmos, you can compose a civilization. Once you have the grammar, you can compose a sentence. Try composing a sentence without the grammar, you cannot. Try composing a civilization without the knowledge of the cycles, the cosmic cycles, you cannot. And and that is why we need knowledge. And so, uh, Ganpati is the removal of obstacles. How? Through knowledge. Knowledge through memory, knowledge to dialogue, knowledge to perseverance, knowledge to giving uh, and and giving this knowledge to the generations to come, herd after herd, tribe after tribe, uh, giving this, making sure that your tribe, your descendants, have the knowledge and go on to be better, stronger, empowered, and the Elephant symbolizes this knowledge because she has a very long memory, and so she symbolizes this knowledge. She's also a matriarchal animal, and uh, she roams in 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 uh, in herds. Uh, Controlled by the matriarch, okay, and in a time before these Abrahamic religions came about, the bulk of this the planet was a matriarchal society. That's why we say Mother Earth. We don't say Father Earth. Um, Everything is matriarchal and in a matriarchal world when um, when the women were empowered when women were in charge of the tribes women were in charge of the knowledge of dissipating the knowledge giving the knowledge to the to the to the tribal people it was the men who were secondary the men who went out on uh, to hunt the men who went out to gather to sell their goods and services while they would come home give the food to the the, the the women, the women would take care of that. She would do the selling in, in the markets, in the local areas. She was the one who tended to the crops most of the time and worked in the markets and, and, and sold her crop. Um, they were also in charge of the matriarch. they were also in charge of the education of the child, and she was in charge. The women was in charge, uh, and it was a matriarchal society. The symbolism of the matriarch being in charge of society, of everything that was important, including the education, and giving this education to the next generation so that the descendants could form their own tribes, was most important. And that's why you have, in my opinion, you have Ganesha uh with the elephant head, because she symbolized this story comes from a time when the planet was matriarchal uh, and the women was in charge and similarly the 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 elephant the gun the elephant headed gun uh is 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 a matriarchal animal, and the women was in charge of the space, giving knowledge. And so, uh, so is the elephant, the, the matriarchal elephant. And, and by knowledge, you can overcome obstacles. That is the most important thing for Ganesh Chathuti to remember. So I hope that you can understand where where this is coming from. I hope you can un- understand the science behind this. It's very important. Share this with your friends, your families, your groups, your neighborhood groups, uh, your social media groups, uh, your friends at school, college, work. Uh, speak to your... Um, and if you want to talk about this and bring people to the table to understand this concept, different points of view. Uh, speak to your elected politicians. send them an email that you would love to talk about the science behind Behind uh, Ganesh Chaturthi, and I hope they can use this as a junction to talk about uh, Ganesh Chaturthi, how it means scientifically, um matriarch, uh, the matriarch behind it, the knowledge behind it, how we can use every junction in life to be make an a, be an intellectual laboratory uh, and and learn from this. Remove the labels, look under the labels, the science behind it, the junctions, the three hundred and sixty uh, uh, degrees of every junction. What can we bring to the table? What can we learn? And 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 we will be a better society. We will heal uh, the knowledge, the discussion, the dialogue, the externalization of our voice always leads to healing, my friend. Externalize, externalize, externalize. By by, by talking, discussing, enabling uh, your voice. By singing. Singing is a good way of externalizing your voice. By writing, uh, that is a very, very good way of externalizing and healing. Uh, and so at this day, um, Uh, On this day of Ganesh Chaturthi, I wish all of you a happy Ganesh uh, uh, Ganpati uh, festival. Uh, I hope you understand the science behind it, the, the deity that symbolizes the removal of obstacles, and we go from there. Um, as uh, we have mentioned, uh, every junction in life is an intellectual laboratory. I was going to talk about something else today, something that uh, another aspect of love jihad case that happened in in uh, in in, um, in India. But I thought we'll do something uh, else. Okay, uh, because we also started. Uh, I will talk about that tomorrow. We also started with the Pakistani floods and, and something the Pakistani floods and something that caught my eye. Very important. Like I said, there's always something to learn at the junction. What can we learn? What can we improve? In this particular um, video on YouTube. I've posted it on my Facebook page. Religions, regimes, and refugees. Uh, and it just caught my eye, and I was. Uh, she was right, because I know other groups do this. I found a video on TCM uh, or Originals. It's a Pakistani uh, channel that that talks about, uh, you know, that, that literally talks about um, you know other things that mainstream uh, media don't talk about. Uh, in they develop and deliver engaging content which empowers impassioned voices and impacts social change. Um, and it's called TCM Originals. Okay, on that, they during the floods they uh, on the, today I think earlier today. Um, had um, a video, then I hope you can take a look at it. These girls, it, it says, the title says, These girls are providing menstrual relief to flood victims in Pakistan. Okay, so that means we've got 33 million people displaced, one third of the country below water. It is unbelievable, my friends. Uh, it is a sad story, in that half these refugees are women. Okay. Now Pakistan already doesn't have money. They are poor. They don't have money. Um and they definitely do not have any sanitary napkins. Can you believe that? There is no sanitary napkins, there's no food. What do these women do? They said some people use leaves. Some people just let the blood flow. Um and these two girls, there are two girls in 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 uh, in this video. One is called I think, and what is, uh, um, I can't get their names now. I, I have it here. Um, it is surreal. I think her name is um, Tabasum and Mansoor. Uh but it is sad. So these two college students, they say have uh are collecting funds and making themselves uh sanitary napkin kits with one underwear and some sanitary napkins and giving it to women. No one wants to help them in Pakistan. Not even the medical people, because the medical people are saying, uh, said that, oh, we only want, we are there for awareness. And these two girls are saying that half the country is under floods and you want to do awareness. This is time to act, not the awareness. Awareness is over. We need to act, but no one wants to help them. there are other institutions, other charity organizations that do not want to help. Um, um, they are a shame because in Pakistan uh, and in Islam, um, in, in reality, I'm not talking maybe uh, some people, are not in, in their literature. Some people say it's in the literature, some people say it's not in the literature. Okay? Um, it depends on who you talk to. But what I'm trying to say is, in reality, on the ground, menstruals is a shame absolute shame. Even in India, even when I was growing up, having menstruals was a shame. Uh, I know that. I was ashamed of my menstruals, I can tell you. And this this hit home big time. That's why I'm talking about it, my friends. Uh, I'm literally crying right here, right now. I'm trying to hold myself. Uh, and in Pakistan, uh, having menstruals or in any Abrahamic concept, having menstruals is considered filthy. You are filthy. You are not clean. You are uh, degraded. Um, in Pakistan, this is really big, really, really, really big. Um, and no one wants to help because no one wants to talk about it. This is considered filthy. It's considered a shame. Uh, but these girls... Remembered from 2010, the floods in 2010, how they were devastated, and they realized that this is a problem again. So they have uh, come together to help whatever they can provide kits which are making themselves. Uh, I can't believe their strength, these two girls. My hat's off to them. Uh, $120 rupees each kit costs. Two students are providing sanitary napkins to flood victims in Pakistan. However, they are receiving backlash by people terming it as unnecessary. And So they start the video by saying, just because there are floods doesn't mean your period stops, your menstruation stops, it doesn't, it still continues. What are you going to do? Is it unnecessary for these women or do we need this help? Um, We know what happens in India too, very, very important. Um, And and we have the same problem. So that's why I'm talking about this, because this is a situation where we make this into an intellectual laboratory. We can learn a lot from this. We can learn a lot from these people who help uh, organizations, who help these women at the time of need. uh, and, And my hat's off to them. So they're receiving backlash from their own family, from their friends, from their neighbors, from people around saying, how can you do this? You're bringing shame on us. But they are still at it. 120 rupees is a big thing for Pakistani uh, people. And also that they are students, my dear friends. But they're trying to do their best to help uh, flood victims, women with uh, menstrual kits, uh, sanitary napkin kits, to help them in this time of need. And if if you go on Facebook or you go on YouTube, they are there, TCM Originals, Please take a look at it. Try and find who's, who's helping them and provide as much uh, as, as help as you can get because these girls are awesome and my hat's off to them. Um, we need to talk about menstruation. Uh, what is basically menstruation? I'm going to talk about it here. Um, so basically, um, a menstrual cycle. Okay, A menstruation is having your uh, uh, period or when the blood tissue from your uterus comes out of your vagina. It usually happens every month for women. So a menstrual cycle helps the body prepare for pregnancy every month. It also makes you have a period if you're not pregnant. Your menstrual cycle and period are controlled by hormones like estrogen and progesterone. However, it all Here's how it happens. You, we have two ovaries. The women's have two ovaries, and each one holds a bunch of eggs. The eggs are super tiny, too small to see with a naked eye. During your menstrual cycle, hormones make these eggs in your ovaries mature. When the egg is mature, that means it's ready to be fertilized with a sperm cell. These hormones also make the lining of your uterus thick and spongy. If your egg does not get fertilized, it has a nice cushy place to land and start a pregnancy. Sorry, if your egg does get fertilized. This lining is is made of tissue and blood, like almost everything else in your body. It has a lot of nutrients to help pregnancy grow. About halfway through your menstrual cycle, your hormones tell one of your ovaries to release one metro egg. This is called ovulation. Most people don't feel it when you ovulate, but some ovulation symptoms are bloating, spotting, or little pain in your lower belly that you may not that you may only feel on one side. Once the egg leaves your ovary, it travels through one of your fallopian tubes towards your uterus. If pregnancy doesn't happen, your body doesn't need the thick lining in your uterus. Your lining breaks and the blood nutrients and tissues flow out of your body through your vagina. Voila There you go. It's your period. It's your menstruation. If you do get pregnant, your body needs the lining. That's why your period stops during pregnancy. Your period comes back when you are not pregnant anymore. Uh, At some point during puberty, blood comes out of your vagina and that marks your first period. Most people get their first period between the ages of 12 and 14. But some people get them earlier or later that is. There is no way of no, to know exactly how when you will get it. But you may feel some symptoms uh, a few days before it happens. If you don't get your period by the time you're 16, it's a good idea to have to visit a doctor or a nurse. Most people stop getting their period when they have have between 45 and 55 years old. It is a menopause. Menopause takes a few years. Period usually changes gradually during this time after menopause it's totally complete you can't get uh, pregnant anymore Uh, your period may start and stop around this time Uh, it's around the time it did for other people you related to like your mom or your sisters Um, so basically um, that's what a period uh, menstrual is now uh, we know That menstruation is a shame in our countries. But where does this come from, my friends? Like everything else, uh, it comes from Abrahamic groups. Shame is an Abrahamic group. Concept very important to understand this. Shame is an Abrahamic concept. Okay, it existed in pre-Abrahamic societies for power. When anyone is ignorant and want they sub sub make you subservient to them, they they um they want to make you they want to degrade you, and make you small, chastise you. They they want you to remain a, a victim or a slave. They they make you ashamed. They give you this concept of shame or guilt uh very very often it, it happens in power when someone wants power this is a symptom of power okay but abrahamic groups are about power and this power uh is institutionalized as god the god of abraham okay and because we have been occupied by abrahamic groups for at least uh 1300 years now we this mentality has become Abrahamic. Very important to understand. We may be a Vedic country, but we are Abrahamic mentality because we've been occupied by Abrahamic groups and their mentality for thirteen hundred years. Before that, did it affect us? Yes. And I'll tell you why. You have to understand people don't realize that we've been poor in this last sixty years and the only thing the generations know now is poverty. But there was a time until uh two hundred years ago that uh three hundred years ago, the Indian subcontinent was a very rich land, very, 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 very rich. Um and so she's a land of refugees, my friend. People from all over the sub- from the world would come here not only to trade, not only to to uh to invade and they came also as refugees. Uh most of our ancestors are came to this, this land as refugees. The very same way we go to India, to the United States, we go to Canada, we go around the world. The reason why we come here, it, until until about two hundred, three hundred years ago, uh, people came to the Indian subcontinent, even when Islam was so high, because Islam is, Islam were. were Individual uh, kingdoms, but they were all on land that was arid. What can you do except slaves, buy and sell slaves? Uh, there's not much you can do. They didn't have any knowledge. Their knowledge is madrasa education, what you get in your in in your hadith and your tafsir, and that is education to them. They they whatever civil science existed in that time or the self civilizations before that, they translated, made it their own, and continued that. Because it's the same people. The labels change, but the mentality will not. So the uh, science that existed pre-Islamic time was, was translated, made into Islamic science, and then and, and taught to the people, but it was only for the elite. By the time Islam takes hold, pretty much it went down the drain for most people except the elite. And what can you buy and sell? They, they, they didn't really do much. Uh, Especially on the Indian subcontinent, they can't. You're living in an arid desert land, uh, North Africa, you're living in an arid desert land, there's not much, there's not much education. Um, However, on the Indian subcontinent, there was knowledge, there was water, there was agriculture, it's an aggregate society. The moment there's water, there's land, uh, we know that there is also. Food and there's food you can buy and sell. You can sell for gold, money, power, jewels. Constant abundance of food. I mean, you look at India today. We're self-sufficient mostly in food and and in in rate grain and rice. So it's telling you something. Can you imagine in those days how much we were self-sufficient? Also, they needed a lot of laborers. Now we've become 1.4 billion, but until 1930. 1947 we were thirty-three, uh, three hundred and thirty-three million. the subcontinent was 395 million uh, and we were much less about 150 years before that. Uh, so you needed people to work aggregate societies, there were no machines. So the, how do you get people to work? Uh, how do you get men and women to work? So they come, they they come from different lands as refugees, and they would come to work on the Indian subcontinent because the Indian subcontinent had work non-stop, being an aggregate land. We came from, we came as refugees from all over the planet, and we settled here, and we're grateful to the Indian subcontinent. But just like you have people going to Europe and people going to Americas now, having said that, uh, the the... the Areas around the Indian subcontinent are where the refugees come from the most, okay? Especially if they're in the arid desert. In the arid desert, and there's not much to buy and sell, you're always on the on the go. Yes, absolutely, they're going to leave and they're going to come. So, a lot of us have uh, our nomadic our ancestors were nomadic people. Remember, there were only nomads until 150 uh, 200 years ago, you know, a uh, lot not only nomads, but the bulk of our civilization has been nomadic and slowly 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 started becoming um uh you know um resident uh, settling down on land but even then uh, there was more nomadic people more uh tribes uh, moving around uh than than before and especially in the Arabian desert nomadic people existed throughout time. Um Africa, it's the same thing. They 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 move with the seasons they move with um they move with uh the crop cycle uh depending on the crops where they could grow easily um many reasons but we were nomadic people um and nomads would come to the Indian subcontinent. Now, there's a lot of uh, war and trauma in the Middle East, and it still goes on till today. So, yes, absolutely. Um, People would flee this land to come to the Indian subcontinent. Now, when you come to a land, okay. You're not going to change tomorrow, my dear friend. You may change your label, you may be disgusted with what you left behind. Like today, uh, I'm from North America, uh, but my mentality hasn't changed much. So, it, it's not the label that defines the mentality, it's the mentality that defines label, the label. And you cannot, le- you cannot change your mentality instantaneously. For you to go around an entire cycle, because we're currents and waves, it's about four to 500 years. So four to five hundred years it takes you to change your mentality to knowledge, to generation experience, to living on the land, to working the land, to gaining the experience, transferring to the next generation, considering that there's no internet and, and, and knowledge back then and uh, you um you know no internet back then, no social media. Um, they bought their mentalities with them. And they converted this land in the image of the lands they left behind. So whatever uh, mentalities they had, they came here, changed the label, became Hindic, because it was a better life than what they left behind, very happily, but they could not change their mentalities. And the influx of which people came into India, uh, the influx at which people came, uh, gave them uh, a reason, um, what was too much to take care and, and slowly retrain them and give them the knowledge of our Vedic ancestors. So slowly by slowly our Vedic civilization came to an end and it was filled, this country was land was filled with people coming as refugees with such an influx um, that we there was no way that we could help every single one. Uh, and. Rework them, realigned them at the pace that they were coming in. Now, like I said, um, they came mostly uh, from the lands around, because you remember until 8,000 years ago, 9,000 years ago, this entire belt from Sahara, from Western Sahara to Japan, Korea, all a Vedic belt. Okay, We still have uh, swastikas all about the place. But be- so all these uh, ancestors, this entire Bala ancestors were the same, but the civili- but the Arabic civilization went disappeared, and the reason it disappeared is because this land became desert, and so we got separated, but at one point we were all roaming around up and down the raiding belt without any problems um, now what I'm trying to say is once it became desert. You know, these tribes had to readapt to this land. We lost the civilization. We lost the knowledge. We absolutely lost the knowledge of, of our cycles, of our ancestors, and they developed their own traditions to to refit and rebrand themselves. Uh, and 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 live on a desert land instead of a land with a civilization water uh plenty of food clothing uh, education they had to rework and remodel their 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 um their life on on the arabic peninsula because they needed to pass through it in order to get to both ends and order to go to europe to trade um during the time um Now, one of the problems of the Arabic land is it's sitting on a fault line and sitting on a geology that's really horrendous. So the fault line uh, along underneath the Sinai going up all the way into Europe is very dangerous because there's continuous tremors. Continuous tremors means continuous loss of life, continuous volcanic activities, uh, um, you know... earthquakes, which means loss of life, disruption in civil society, it also means disruption in the food chain. Um, And people would flee, people would get sick and they would invariably flee to Europe in the north, Africa in the south and on the east they would flee to the Indian subcontinent, which was the easiest among all because Africa means desert, the Sahara, Europe is cold. And 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 that would mean the Indian subcontinent, uh, but when these Arab Abrahamic religions form, okay, these Abrahamic religions are all about shame, about power, uh, power, 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 and it's all about shame. Uh, this shame uh, was because uh, people would get sick in these lands okay because of the volcanic activity because of the geological activity all along the Red Coast, uh Red Sea coast. Um and and if they were sick um they would be chastised they would Transmit diseases, and because they had no way of of uh, of of uh, medically treating these diseases, um, the people who were sick would be chastised, would be chastised and made to live on uh, red zones or. Um, zones where far away from the city where they would made to be to die and literally die and it was called these leprosy colonies and you could have any type of ailments Anyone who was sick of a tribe was sick, they would be put there and the reason they would be put there because if they didn't uh, Then everyone from the tribe would be affected or they would infect neighboring tribes and so um this was an act of shame or guilt that you have been accursed by the gods, um, and as a result of which the shame became institutionalized okay all three Abrahamic religions do this, and that was not all anything um, that uh, made you look uh, remotely ill okay was considered uh, was considered um, Um, you know, um, what can I say, was considered um, an act of, being sick, uh, an act of a curse, an act of a potential virus, an act of pot- potential illness, and so you have to stay away from that person. Um, it's given in the uh, Old Testament, if you want to take a look at it, I've mentioned this before, in the chapter Levictus, one of the first five chapters, how they treated people with uh, who, were, who were ill, who were sick, and, and were sent with leprosy, sent to, to uh, leprosy colonies, chastised away from the, from the society, from the tribal regions. Um, and one of these was menses. Now, when, uh, when, you're, um, when you have your menstruation, there is f- there's secretion that happens. Uh, there's secretion that happens, and, and um, there's blood that comes out and this blood was taken to be sort of unclean by the ancient world the abrahamic world and in abrahamic ideologies when a woman has a, uh, her menstruals she is made to sit on a sep- uh, sleep on a separate bed uh, than her husband she cannot sleep on the same area and she has to isolate herself as if she was sick and this comes from the time of uh, you know um from the time of abrahamic religions on judaism early judaism where uh, they did not understand this they were living in um they were living in, on the levant on exactly on the fault line so they had had to go to the geological effects of living in this land um and the trauma that it brought about, so she had to, the women had to be isolated the moment she had a period because it was taken as a as sort of an illness or sickness back then um, and there are laws for it you cannot uh, cannot have sex during a time you have a pregnant you cannot uh, uh, you know um, you have sorry during a time you have uh, your menstruals you cannot touch your husband you cannot touch anyone uh, you are considered unclean um, and and that is why you 're not allowed to touch sometimes food um, and stay away from food and 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 you're not allowed to go to um, in the olden days uh, marriage functions you have to be isolated literally. And as a result of this, this became a shame, and we know all Abrahamic religion institu- institutionalized shame. Uh, anything in 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 order to get you to do what they want is shame. So shame is a big, big institution. Shame and guilt, they shame you into doing something and you're so weak, they don't give you the knowledge. So as a result of which, you you know, you, you go into sort of a shell. And Orthodox Judaism still practice it today. This was taken over by Christianity, because Christianity is Judeo-Christian. Um, we know Christianity invaded half the world, and so all of the, these countries now have the mentality of shame, um, and of course from the top, for the northern bit, we they splintered off and fo- founded, the people of the book founded, um, or oh, as per my research, um, they formed the religion of Islam, which was formed originally with tribes of people who were people of the book. They formed a, a junction at Medina and then afterwards went on to form their religion of islam um with the prophet muhammad um, after what they call as um you know they signed the constitution of medina so to speak um so, this became Islamic, my dear friend, and we know Islam occupied the Indian subcontinent uh, for a very long time from 7 11 in parts in different parts, uh, different time periods. And as a result of this, uh, you know, we are now, um, we are now very, very, uh, a country of shame, a land of shame. I forgot to say that. All these people who fled these wars and these uh, of of Abraham, uh, whether Christianity, um, Judaism, um, Islam, they overflew on the Indian subcontinent. They came so fast we could not help them uh, rejuvenate, rehabilitate, and and on and on, generation after generation. they they, they produced children after children after children and realigned with a new society, but did not realign their mentality. The old mentality remained, and the label changed on the top of the mentality then. So coupled with that, all these relics, uh, all these refugees coming in from the, from the Abrahamic world, uh, the Aramaic world, offloading onto the Indian subcontinent. And plus we have uh, the occupation by Abrahamic forces, I, I'm telling you, it's gone down the drain. And this shame has now become part of Indian society, and that's where we get the concept of shame. Uh, shame and menstruation becoming shame, but uh, it is a huge concept in Islam, although people would argue that it doesn't exist in Islam. People would argue that, uh, you know, it is uh, it is just a myth because um, Islam considers considers it a natural process for women that occurs every month the cycle can defer it says there are a lot of social stigmas and and, and taboos uh, r- related to menstruation uh however it's not something to be ashamed of now uh you have islamic sites uh, and and websites trying to portray it as a, it's not a shame but we do know that Islam uh in on the ground Does portray it as a shameful act, or should I say something that is unclean? And Muslim after Muslim I know uh, says, "Oh, we are unclean. We cannot go into the mosque. We can't say our prayers." So, uh, for Islam, periods uh, they say are dirty, and uh, Allah has ordained the time of the month. uh, But there are times, but. When you have your periods, uh, you cannot have intercourse. You cannot divorce. You cannot say prayers. Uh, prayers are forbidden, and you cannot pray till you get purified. You can resume your prayers. So, the very fact that you have to get purified to say your prayers again tells you that you are unclean. Why would God make a period for you and say that you, you need? It's un. You are unpure, and then all of, now you get un, purified. If a, if God has made all of us. We are all pure at any time of the day you're not allowed to fast and it's permitted for women to fast during Ram- Ramzan if she has a period so it is there are lots of ways uh on in um, lots of concepts lots of uh, writings um in in Islam uh that show that a woman who has her period is unclean or impure and coupled with the interpretations over 1400 years by the mullahs, tullahs in a very patriarchal, a patriarchal Islamic society. Uh, we know that this is uh, on the ground, the reality of it is that it's considered unclean, um, and you sh- there is a lot of shame around it. And this, unfortunately, has now become uh, the hindic way of life, because we've been occupied by Islamic invaders. Um, so, again, it depends on your point of view, uh, but it's also an interpretation coupled with that. Um, you do have over here um, quotes on, on the website, islamicquotes.com. Say it's haram, so keep away from your wives during menstruation. Do not approach them till they are pure. And when they have purified themselves, and come to them from where Allah has ordained you. So, you see, it, it has... It does show that they are uh, impure uh, and you should not approach them, and not talk to them, uh, keep away from them, and that has developed into a, a volcanic eruption of impurity and shame. Uh, and. Christianity did it, um, they still do it uh, in, in countries where it's not educated. I was ashamed when I was young, and I can tell you that, although my mother never told me to be ashamed, but she, told, she made me ashamed of everything else, so shame was a big part of my life, um, and, and today I've just thrown it in the garbage bin. Uh, but what else is important to learn um pe- women are said not to allow to be go- to go to temples during menstruations. not they cannot get married during Prince menstruations and mosques uh alike very important uh why this again is the same thing from um this again is the same thing from uh from islamic times or should i say abrahamic occupation of india You know, these these people who finally became pundits and uh, uh, padris, pundits, but they kept the old mentality. So now you can't go into a a, a temple during your periods. But what is the reason behind it? It's very simple, my friends. When you have um, your natural energy, okay, because we are cosmic fields, we roam in cycles, your natural energy goes from the ground up and and uh, perpendicularly upwards uh, horizontally upwards so it, it goes from the ground upwards okay because we have a magnetic field It's like a garden hose the go- the host, the water starts on the ground and goes up however during your menstruations the flow of the blood is downwards okay so you've got your natural energy field going upwards uh, your uh, your cosmic energy field and then you have your blood flow going downwards During your menstruation cycles, okay, and that causes uh, a clash, okay. So that's why they say, uh, do not uh, uh, cook when you are, when you're, you have your period because your energy field is all about the place, your energy field is traumatized, your energy field is imbalanced because of the the different. Flows in your body, and that causes your food to go uh bad that can cause because we are all energy food is uh chem- uh chemicals uh, we are chemicals we are chemical energy um and um it causes the food to go bad, so don't cook during doing your mentals of course today everyone does but um that is the science behind it actually and it's also that all these ancient temp- temples are built on fault lines massive fault lines where the e- electromagnetic energy from the ground comes up okay now if you've got your menstrual cycles your energy is going down uh when your energy goes down what happens uh you you're going into this ma- this electromagnetic field uh, this area of magnetic field, high intensity magnetic energy, y- y- it's going from top to bottom. You've got your menstrual; it's going down, da- da- up to down, and that causes also a chemical uh, imbalance in your body. That chemical imbalance can cause you um, can cause you problems absolutely can cause you medical problems. And so it is said very important for women not to go to temples during their period, not because it's unclean or because it's a patriarchal society. There's a science behind it. Very important to understand that it could cause your chemical imbalance because of the flow of energy. And we have forgotten that these temples were actually fault lines, before, on fault lines. So that's very important to to know. And and uh, that my dear friend is what we want to talk today for for menstruation a uh, little junction of knowledge from from the Pakistani floods um and also uh, uh, hats off to the two girls doing so much of good work for 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 women in these flood zones and uh if you can help them that will be so amazing um now um so we we talked about Ganesh Chaturthi today we've talked about why he he why the elephant head is on him um, the official versions or the um, ideological versions and my version, and then we've talked about menstruation so two very important junction and podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you took down notes, please share it with your friends uh, your neighbors social media groups uh, your friends, your work, your school. Talk about it, discuss it, bring different points to the table. uh, Heal, my dear friends. It's very important to heal and move forward. Until that time, uh, I will take your leave. I hope you have a great day, great weekend ahead. and Until we meet again.